Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. I had an amazing time speaking with Kioma. This conversation can enhance your life on so many levels. Before we get into the show, I have some things to share with you. Shanti Yoga Training School have been doing amazing. We have so many offerings online. Do you practice yoga? Do you want to deepen your practice? If so, I am inviting you to join our training school. We offer virtual trainings online for all levels of practitioners. This is perfect for students who want to get deeper into the yoga practice, learn more about history, philosophy, yoga asana, and really community and lifestyle, health, spirituality, meditation. You can join our 200-hour yoga teacher training. You can also join our 300-hour yoga professional teacher training, which will bring you towards your 500-hour. Go to shantiyogatrainingschool.com and you will find all the offerings there. I would love to share with you what I do, what I've been doing for over 20 years with so much love and feel so blessed to work in this field. And if I can work with you, it would be fantastic. We also have many online courses. If you go to lifeonearthpodcast.com, you will see including my chakra healing course, balancing your chakras, yoga and wellness, and so many others. Follow me on Instagram so that we can stay in touch. This is a great place for us to talk. It's at Natalie Kra. I will certainly respond and talk to you. DM me if you have any questions or suggestions for the show. I'm always looking forward to connect with people. My personal website is nataliecraw.com. Look under work with me. And there are many offerings, including distant healing sessions and coachings that we can connect with. Finally, share this episode with someone you love and someone who you feel that can benefit with from this information, we do this with a lot of love and we do this hoping that it will enhance people's lives. So I so appreciate you, your energy, you sharing your time with the Life on Earth community. And I appreciate if you share this with someone that you feel this can uplift them on any way, shape or form. Subscribe to the show. Give us a great review. This will so help me, and I so appreciate that. Become a member of our community. We have so much going on on our membership site, membership portal, nataliecrad.com, members portal. Check all the options there, presentations, uh, healing techniques, meditations, community events, yoga classes every week library of content available to you at all times is one of the biggest joys and the biggest pleasures of my life is being engaging and really being a member and engaging and knowing so many wonderful people in our community. I hope to meet you. And in the meanwhile, I hope that you are enjoying the content of Life on Earth podcast. I really take my time to see who is it that is going to come in and, you know, become a part of our community and share their energy. I'm not just looking for another one in terms of a number. I am looking for quality and not quantity. 
And this means a lot to me and you mean a lot to me. So thank you for being here. I hope you are doing amazing. And if there's any way, shape or form that I can support you in this lifetime, please do not hesitate. Reach out. I am Natalie Krah. I am your host and it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Without further ado, enjoy the show. This is Kioma. Welcome to Life on Earth, The Peace Project, a podcast that teaches you how to connect with the divine and transform darkness into light through topics from yoga to nature and ultimately love. Join your host, Natalie Kwa, to celebrate and encourage diversity, peace and global equality, one earthling at a time. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. I am here with an ultra special guest, Chioma Nijoku. Hello, Chi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on Life on Earth podcast. And thank you so much for sharing your energy with uh, the podcast and our community. I'm, I'm really very excited to have you and to share your knowledge, you know, all of it. <laughs> Well, and your experience, you so life experience. I'm sure it's a mix of life experience and knowledge and a lot, lots of goods. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the themes, you know, as I was looking at all you do, should I call you Chi or Chioma? <laughs> Feel free to call me Chi. I'll call you Chi. Yeah, so friends. Chi, oh, yeah, okay. so Chi. So as I was looking, well, first of all, I wanted to tell everyone who's listening that I first saw Chi at Amanda's podcast, MBOM, Amanda's podcast, and that is a podcast that I have also been a guest on. So I was actually preparing for a lecture that I did for Shanti Yoga Training School, and I have a whole chapter of one of our online courses on money and spirituality. So as I'm, you know, gearing up and, and trying to find, I have a book and, you know, I have a couple of things. And then your name kept coming up a couple of times. And I was like, okay, cool. Oh, and she's been on Amanda's podcast. So I tuned into it and I absolutely love the episode. You guys did a great job at, you know, you. really getting the message across. And so I reached out to you and, you know, thank you again for being here. So that will be the topic that we'll be focused on. But there's so much that I could focus on with you because you're super interesting. And I found a lot of different things that you're into and doing. And I said, well, we could go a lot of different directions here. But and we can. This is very fluid. But definitely, I think. That is a topic that, uh, especially in a community like you and Amanda said, in a community like ours, I think this can be very educational, the work that you're doing. Chi, don't you agree? I'd like to think so. My intention is for, for those receiving it to, to see it as something that's enhancing their already beautiful work. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me, really. Well, and for everybody listening now and thinking, okay, so can give us some background. So if they don't know you, so tell us about you, what are you doing now and what's up with you right now? <laughs> so now I would like to say I, 
I don't want to say successfully, I think I'll always be on this journey, but more successful than not, brought the yoga and the money together. We can make a happy, happy union. Yay! Um, Oh my (laughs) God, this makes me so happy. (laughs) So see, it's already working. (laughs) Because so much has shifted, my goodness, in the last couple of weeks, especially. And I feel more strongly than ever that spiritual beings, yoga teachers, those of us that are really of service to others, we need more support. And it's one thing to give the how, which is meditation, which is part of all of it, but Mm -hmm. meditation or the physical practice, which is, you know, asana and breath work, but to support you when supporting others, that's really what I'm about. And money is part of it. It really is. So my intention is to remove the negative associations that tend to come with money, especially in the spiritual community, and to really show that actually, since you know, many of us say the universe has our back, right? Mm-hmm. The universe wants you to have money. The universe is giving you money so that you can continue serving others and also serving yourself. So that's yeah. my main quest. That's beautiful. That's like almost sounds like a, a mission statement, you know? Yeah. In a way. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see if my mission. <laughs> yeah. Our mission, actually. It's yes. Like all one. It's a collective. That is great. And so what are you up to these days in terms of you're also teaching yoga? You work, what else is fi- uh, advisor or? So I'm a financial coach. The basis of what I do in terms of coaching, bookkeeping is the foundation, meaning it's how I get to know people I work with. Because one thing to believe that you're good with money or not good with money or whatever your beliefs about money are, and it's really not even money related, it's your ultimate desires, but it manifests through the finances. But your behaviors, the the result of what's in or not in your bank account that's where we tap into the behaviors. When I say we, it's like a co-creation. So Mm -hmm. I look at the numbers and then we pretty much chat. And it's not one of those don't have coffees, don't buy, what is it, full price shampoo. It's none of the shaming that tends to happen with no disrespect, traditional personal finance and, and business finance. It's really about understanding what's really true to you and then arranging your finances to support that. So really conscious earning and conscious spending. So that's what I'm, I'm really about. And that's how I work with, with individuals and soon to be groups. Okay. And so you also, besides that, you also teach yoga. Yes. Yes. And even that changed too. But yes, I am a yoga teacher. You're a yoga teacher. So the reason I'm asking is because I'm very curious and intrigued. Like how did this bridge you know, happen? Like, how did you connect that? Okay, I want to work with, you know, the numbers and finance and abundance, but I also have the yoga and the spirituality and how to connect those two worlds together. How did that happen for you? Sure. So if you don't mind, I'm going to tell my background just a little bit. Yes, I would love that. So I'm, I'm a former corporate girl accountant. Accounting is my background. And I was in that for 13 years. And let's just say 10 of the 13 years, I always believed that I was a failure. Not let's just say I was, just because that's what I was told, right? So if I believed it, then it was. So just to be specific, I have an MBA. I have a master's degree in accounting. I work for all the great companies, trying to do all the things that everyone told me to do. 
and at one point ran an accounting department and even made the holy grail of the six figures. And yet I was always living from paycheck to paycheck. And then because I was told that I'm supposed to hit a glass ceiling, I believed it. Mm-hmm. At that time, so this would be around 2014. 2011 is when yoga really came into my life. And I wouldn't realize that I was already making this transition to being awake until actually quite recently. But yoga started to come into my life, and I just saw really the physical practice. I saw people doing headstands. I used to live in New York City. And that's when that I was just like, what are people doing? <laughs> really? And, and I found myself just kind of gravitating, not kind of, I was, I didn't realize that's that I was drifting towards this group of people on yoga mats doing headstands and downward facing dog. And long story short of that time, uh, the person guiding the students gave me a yoga mat. I'm wearing jeans and like boots. I'm not dressed for yoga at all, basically. And I joined them. And it somehow just made sense. I, I didn't know what he was saying, but I knew what to do. So it was the feeling that I got from, from yoga, this, this feeling of being uplifted, mm-hmm. being empowered, that I can do anything. So fast forward to 2014, I become a yoga teacher. I'm, I'm thinking, I hit the glass ceiling with corporate, so let me become a yoga teacher because I felt like I had no limits and I want to share that with everybody. I become a yoga teacher. Now this new language came to pass. It was mm-hmm. making money is not yoga-like. You yeah. can never make money in yoga. You need to have a rich husband and wife to hack it as a yoga teacher. You're all about the money. Money is bad. It was like money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like, what is this? In corporate, all that stuff was handled up front before I started the job. So I never dealt with the money language, even though I was expected to earn a certain amount. But with yoga, it was just in my face all the time. And so I would teach a lot of free classes, not bad, actually, because I learned how to teach to different people and different bodies. But I found that what was taking away from the joy of teaching were people's relationship with money. And it highlighted my own. So long story short, I got to a point where I pretty much drove myself to being broke. Speaking of living from paycheck to paycheck, I was, I was now even more deprived than before. And I had to decide between putting gas in my car or buying dog food. And so I just knew like, okay, now this is all about the money. Something's wrong here. I can't afford to teach. I have to figure this out because something is absolutely broken. So the practice of yoga was already showing me what was going on. I just wasn't listening. I was already getting warning signs from everyone. When I'm hearing nothing but money, that, was, that I feel like that was the universe telling me, like, hey, pay attention. And it got to a point where I just couldn't teach yoga anymore. Either that or my dog starves. I wasn't even thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. My dog starves. To finally, finally just start listening, like, okay, there's a message in this. And what was the message? The message is I got to fix my relationship with money. Yeah. And also... <laughs> Other people have to fix their relationship with money. I thought that was really it at first. So that was the original message. But there's something deeper behind it. I'll actually say what the deeper meaning is. It's I was forgetting why I was a yoga teacher. And that was really to serve others, to help people feel free. No limitations. No, yeah, no limits. And here I was limited with, and it was because of money. So it was showing up in my money. So I realized that that's the vehicle that I needed to teach people. And in time, 
I actually embraced being, I saw the value of being an accountant because before then I thought, well, I had to say that accounting was boring. (laughs) That too is kind of a limited belief, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I didn't even give myself a chance to like, to enjoy accounting because I thought it was supposed to be boring. So I'm, I'm here like, well, accounting is boring. I found mm. the, the value of it now when I see other people that need help. I also saw encounter too many broke yoga teachers. They couldn't afford health insurance. Others that also couldn't afford to put gas in their car, couldn't afford to fix their car. And yoga, the, the, what they earned from yoga was that was putting food on their table. That's when I realized that this, this is a problem. We're being taught that money is bad that business is bad, when in reality, these are resources and tools to serve. How are resources and tools to serve? How does it make sense that they're bad things? So there was a misalignment here. Because basically, that's how I started to put two and two together. And I started to pay attention to all, I really just woke up. I started to see how in the media, like a lot of the limitations that are put on us and we don't notice. Childhood stories that have limitations put on us. Yes, share with others, but we're also seeing that rich people are greedy. (laughs) I started to hear my parents' dialogue because a lot Mm -hmm. of parents before us came from the Depression era or some kind of war. So the scarcity, I started to really pay attention and just what you're aware of, you can change. So that's, as I put yoga and money together, it's really helping, bringing like an awakening, which is essentially yoga union, like become awake. And yeah. then you can start to shift into the person that you're supposed to be. So my vehicle is money. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, the reality is you say your vehicle is money, but the reality is we live on this planet. I mean, you know, yeah. my podcast name is called Life on Earth. And Earth is just a place that, you know, if you're anyone like me or most people on the planet, you need money. If you want to yeah. go to a restaurant, you need money. If you need to pay, you know, put gasoline in your car, if you need to whatever, pay your uh, housing or you, whether you buy a house or you rent or you're going to get dressed. So it's just energy and it's just a method of exchanging energy and it's a vehicle, you know, and it's just something that it, the the mentality can be scarcity or abundance, Mm-hmm. Or okay. like this mentality that there's not enough for everybody or the limited beliefs. But one thing I love that you said, you said so many things in what you just said. But one thing, I think it was right when you started talking that, you know, the yoga really started showing you right in the beginning. And it, it reminds me of this thing we say, the yoga mat is like a mirror, you know, to everything in your life. And yeah. even that, which is something that never really hit me until you just said that. But even that, like, whoa, you know, you start on this yoga journey and you're teaching and all, and you're like, okay, I want to wake. I want to go to the next level, become a better version of myself, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, it starts showing you with like, okay, the gas thing and the, you know, the scarcity of this mentality that like you and I know And I hate to say this because I also do think like you and Amanda, I agree with you guys that it is changing. But what I said, I was going to say that I hate to say is that this kind of runs in the yoga community. You know, I've been doing yoga for so long and it's like I see this this theme a lot of what you're 
talking about. And I think, you know, I think like, oh my God, I'm, I'm trying to say when I actually started to look at it. Maybe I would say, maybe like I was starting to become aware seven years ago, eight years ago, which to me, that's nothing. And then like, really five years ago, start, you know, looking at what you, I guess you call the money story, which I would love for you to explain that. But then maybe like the past three, four years, and it's like, whoa, what took me so long? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, why these blinders? And why this situation that and so that's why for me, this has become a big piece. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm partnering here with you and doing this talk. And I'm so excited for our connection. I love the work you're doing because it's so important. I can't tell you guys that are listening and you, Chi, and you know that, Chi, already. But it's so important because for us to be able to give back, for us to be able to show up as the better, the best version of ourselves, it begins with us. And that's what yoga teaches, right? Self-love. Absolutely. And so that to me, it's like, because I've been in that situation too, that I was teaching nonstop and everywhere. And I just accept yes to everything and and more. A lot of people not wanting to pay because it's just yoga. Why would they pay me? You know, whatever. And I'm like super struggling. Like you said, barely money to feed my dogs, whatever. And it's, and here I am like giving so much, you know? So it's so exhausting when that's happening to somebody. Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's why I just feel like right now I have a lot of students, a lot of teachers that go through Shanti Yoga Training School. And this talk wasn't, you know, three, four years ago. It wasn't a part, and it isn't a part of a lot of teacher trainings. And now I'm I'm starting to see a shift. But for me, it's really important that this now is a part of our talk because like you, one of the things you said too was, why is it that this can't be your job? Right? <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. so many people are like, well, it, uh, what's your real job or what's for seriously yeah. what you do? It's like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. <laughs> right? It's, it's like, like, this is my job. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What do you, for someone who's listening, maybe never heard of these conversations? What is that like your money? When you guys say your money story, can you explain to our audience a little bit? Like, what does that mean? And how can one come in terms, you know, understand that? Sure. So from the surface of it, the money story is like, or what you believe about money. And really, as we grow up, as we shift into different environments, there's different statements that we now subconsciously either say definitely believe, but also say, we just don't realize it. So common ones are like rich people are greedy. That's a common one. Another common story in the yoga community is making money is not yoga like that. If you want to be a millionaire, I know that's a, that can be a trigger word in the spiritual community, in the yoga community, but if you want to be a millionaire, you need to be born into money or money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) An ATM More money leads to more problems. Those are more statements, but there's an underlying, I call it the story. And there's a reason why one might actually believe the statement slash story or not. For some, they're just repeating what another person has said. So that's that's quite common. For others, 
there is an underlying experience that the person has had that whatever that experience is, it could be the divorce of parents or divorce of yourself as an adult. It could be watching the news and seeing that yet another CEO or yet another accountant is going to jail for some kind of fraud. And then it forms an association that, oh, this person's all about the money. Money is associated with evil people, right? Or even I mentioned earlier about childhood stories, like in Amanda's podcast, I mentioned 101 Dalmatians, Cruella DeVille, mm-hmm. the socialite. And there's, a, there's an image that this woman has. And so oftentimes women will think, women that connect to me will think, if I have money, I'm going to be unloved. It must mean that I'm evil. So something that's supposed to be an entertaining childhood story that's teaching you right from wrong is actually also accidentally creating a story within you about money. And it's creating a story that, that is saying money is bad. A little to a lot of what I mean about the story, the statements really has a story behind it and is based on your own experiences. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's important to just be aware, to start becoming aware of like, how are you coming to these statements? Like, what have you experienced that has led you to believe that there's only a finite amount of money available or that rich people are greedy or making money is not yoga-like. Like it's okay to challenge these beliefs. It's, you should. Mm-hmm. And then also I, I heard you talk about how, you know, pay attention to the words that you're using or yes. what's showing up because that too, right, has a big effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you were talking about, I would love for you to touch upon like, when you said, look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with. And that to me really made a lot of sense too. Yeah. I know when I was younger and perhaps you too, you know, our parents don't want us to hang around the bad kids, quote unquote, bad kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the parents had an issue with the bad kids. It's not that they didn't like them as people, but it's the, our parents didn't want us to pick up the traits that the bad children <laughs> exhibited because mm-hmm. realistically like birds of a feather flock together, right? You are who you surround yourself with. So fortunately and unfortunately, because this is the fortunate part is you need to now become aware. You might realize that the friends that you hang around with, y'all say some of the same things. You might start dressing similarly. You might speak at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. You're in sync, you're aligned, but sometimes like, Now, whatever your friend or your family's belief about money, their beliefs now are shared with, are imparted to you. So if you want to break or start to expand, I'm going to say, expand your beliefs about money, start seeing, let's say the people around you think money is terrible. And you're like, this just doesn't sit well with me. An easier solution could be to start hanging around people who have a better relationship with money. Mm -hmm. I know some of us are still in quarantine. So podcasts like this, episodes like this help. Reading books like this help. Reading reading books help. Joining Facebook groups or, you know, virtual meetups where there's people that have a good relationship with money help. There I say it, hang out with wealthy people. You'd be amazed at how charitable they are. <laughs> They're not evil people. 
they volunteer a lot. They volunteer, they donate, they give. They're part of organizations. Yeah, yeah. some are bubble, but, you know, for the most part, generosity is what they believe in. Yeah. Do you feel like there is maybe a level of like thinking that maybe someone or you don't deserve, like I don't deserve it or something like that, that could be going on? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That comes from one's experiences too. And the question is, why don't you deserve money? So if that's the case, then that too is something like we were talking before, I mean, to not see that as a as a bad thing, but as an opportunity for growth. Like, yes. oh, let me look at this and see. Because like you were saying before, the yoga shows you everything. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'd love to share a story. Yes, I would love that. For the deserved. Because someone opened up in a very beautiful way. She's a recovering addict. And because of her addiction, she let's just say, squandered her money on drugs. So now she's, she's recovered and she's afraid of money. And she said it's because she doesn't deserve it. I asked her why. It's because she's afraid that she'll mishandle money again. And so she now gives her money, puts her husband in charge of the finances because she doesn't want to run the risk of putting her family out on the streets. Mm. So that's an example of not deserving. But because she put that out, like she released that, she made that statement. Now there's an awareness as to what's going on. And now that when you release that, you, you speak it, mm-hmm. journal it, talk to someone about it. Now you're, you start to build the courage of looking at your statements, maybe practice handling money, Right whether it's going to the grocery store mm-hmm. or tracking your finances, accepting payment from other students. This woman is a yoga teacher, accepting payments from students and learning to trust yourself again. Yes. Now you prove to yourself that you can handle money. Yeah. I love that. That's a beautiful story. And I think that so many people can relate to it because we all have our own you know, whatever it is that your story is of your non-deserving, speak your truth and speak it into being like you said. And then even with that, there's an energy release. And then to start coming up, formulating a plan, how can I work around this? So thank you for sharing that. I, I would like to circle back to the yoga studio because I worked at yoga studios for a long time. And then I had my own yoga studio for nine years until very recently. And one thing I can just, you know, tell you my experience and perspective and see what you think. I would love your input on it is throughout the years, there is this story, uh, which, you know, towards the end, it became very, and I take responsibility for it as well, because of course, anything that's happening to you is also because you're allowing it to happen to you. I mean, it's all like connected, right? But through that, you know, there are a lot of times this this situation of like, how can I get a deal, a best deal or a discount, discount on the class back, discount of this, the thir- you know, the, the new student 30 day special, the new. And it's almost like at one point it becomes very exhausting as a studio owner because you're trying to, you know, give everybody deals. And if I were to go back, I would do everything totally different. 
But I just so don't believe what I have to say is like within my studio and other studios that I worked on management teams, it was like a 20 year, you know, 20 year like career situation that I saw this. Mm. Not just at my studio, but at others, you know, over and over again. And you even told the story that you, when you went on a trip, that you went to the studio and you were trying to pay like the drop in or whatever. <laughs> Remember, they were trying yeah. to like get you to, and it's almost like they didn't want to take your money. Like that is literally what I observed over. Now, I would love for you to share that story with, but that's a, what I observed over and over. And even in my own business to the point that to the end, I was like, what are we doing here? Like, I really have to retrain my whole staff, my, me. So that's when I started to look into my, you know, like, what's going on here and why am I having this story? Why am I? Because it's almost like we are feeling guilty of getting people's money or to say, no, this is like, for example, I'm just giving an example. In this city, the single drop-in is $18 and that's it. And it's yoga. It's a great investment. Why wouldn't you want to pay for that, you know, as opposed to like be at the front desk trying to like lower the price for like 10, 20 minutes. And then the front desk staff also like feeling really weird. I'm a student of A Course in Miracles as well. And of course, Miracles, there's a say, it says people will hear you from the level you speak to them, mm. which is basically like, you know, if you're asking for that $18, but you're really kind of scared to ask for it like, right, the lack mentality, then that's what the other side is going to pick up on that, right? So then they're going to be like, no, I don't really want to, what's the deal? What can I get a deal? And it's like, now I'm just thinking, there's no, forget about the deals. Like when I travel now and I go to different studios and stuff, I'm kind of like, I could totally identify with your story because I'm that person too. I'm like, no, actually, sometimes I want to support You know, if there's a a business that I really love, whether it's a yoga studio, yoga studios also, because this other idea that like, because you're a yoga teacher, you like maybe shouldn't pay for a yoga class. No, I want to support my friends. Like I, I, I want to support my friends. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I have my money abundance and my money work that I'm doing, the people that I want to support the most are the people who I believe in. <laughs> so let me, you know, if I want to spend my money on something, allow me to do that, you know? So, Absolutely. but yeah, I, you know, I'll say, no, I want, you know, I want to pay for the full price of the drop in or whatever. And sometimes I get resistance, like, like you told. So I'd love for you to share that story. Cause people are going to be like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and you say it better, but you know, that runs that whole stream. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm glad that this is changing. And I much, I will, I'm just going to say before you tell your story, I think it's because of people like you, you know, the work that you're doing and all of that. I'm bringing that connection, this bridge. I think things are starting to change. I'm very hopeful. I think there's enough for everybody. I do now work with some studio owners that are super abundant and doing really well. They're changing all their a business module and everything. So it's great. I think we are changed, but there is this underlying thing that like, it's not enough or something, or it's just scarcity, not abundance, or that it's not okay to pay for yoga, you know, that much, or it's not worth it. It's like, what? It's one of the most transformational things ever for anybody. <laughs> 
So yeah, yeah. I'll let you tell your story. <laughs> Give me I, up. I love everything you just said because I just <laughs> so much to say. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I'm telling you. It's almost like a counseling, but you know, I have so much that I've gone through with this. That yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting with that story, I was going to. I was actually traveling to Chicago. I currently live in Chicago, Illinois. So this is before I moved, before I moved here to where I live now in Chicago. And I knew what I was doing. Let me put it that way. I knew that I wanted to drop in. I knew that I want how much it costs for a drop in. And I was happy to pay. And the person at the desk, very nice, nice woman. She was just like, you you don't need to pay for that. And I was like, of course I do. She's like, no, 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 no. It's too expensive. You shouldn't be, no one should pay $20 for a drop in. Let me give you a discount. And I'm like, no, I, I'm okay. I, I had the $20 in my hand. So I'm like, no, it's okay. I, I, I'm happy to be here. No, 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 no. I really think it's right. She kind of went on a two minute rant. That's what I didn't mention on Amanda's podcast. This woman went on a two minute rant as to why I don't need to pay that I'm out of town. A teacher shouldn't pay. And I was like, wow, okay, okay. I'm still going to pay you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm fighting this person. I'm like, let me pay you. <laughs> I've been here for five minutes. Let me pay you. Like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Yeah. So what I see with that is a lack of comfort with receiving. And so one could even say that on my end, maybe I had trouble receiving as well because here this person's trying to look out for me. And I said, great. I should have just been like, thank you. It's a gift. But the reality is I wanted to pay. It's my contribution. It's my choice. What I see with yoga studios and teachers, and this is why I really believe that there needs to be more business support in a more positive way too, not a shaming way, is that we're not training people. We're training people to look for discounts. We're devaluing yoga in the process. We're leading with the money instead of the value. You mentioned that yoga is it's about transformation. You know, for me, I when I experience yoga, it's it's removing the limits. We need to lead with that. And people will pay for that. They'll pay to have whether it's their low back pain eradicated. They'll pay to put a smile on their face after having a terrible day at work. They'll pay for the smiles in the studio. When one goes for personal training, let's, let's talk about, or, or CrossFit, I mean, do you know how much a membership is per month? It's not the usual $99. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and people pay. People pay up to seven. At the highest I heard, and I researched too, was $700 per month. People pay. Yeah. These aren't just wealthy people. They pay because CrossFit offers some, they lead to transformation. So my thing with yoga, and I know it's, there's a lot of layers in, within what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. we need to lead with transformation and stop training others to devalue this amazing work we're doing. Even in this pandemic, yoga has been what's helping people with their mental state, yes. their mental clarity. Mm-hmm. 
isn't mm-hmm. that worth at least a dollar? <laughs> oh my God, so much. And wouldn't you want your yoga teachers to be thriving and your studio owners to be thriving, you know, and your spiritual community to be thriving? Because what goes around comes around. So if you're doing really well, then you can give more. And then your, you know, your students or your clients or the for the healers will be the people they're working with. Then everybody could be doing better. And I think it's a really good thing to put a light on this, you know, and with no judgment, like you said, a lot of people mean well, and this is not coming from, we've both been through it. We're still, go, you know, I'm still, I'm still going through it. It's all, always a discovery, but I definitely, you know, started changing my language a few years ago, noticing what feelings came up for me when I was about to pay somebody that was maybe you know a service provider or a healer or and I say healer to me that's yoga teacher anything Uh you know all of it an artist or so I started to really notice like oh how does this feel let's flip this around right like what's my relationship with that like how am I reacting to this and what am I feeling and what oh I feel some blockages here okay so you know like I'm gonna tip somebody at a restroom talking like years oh wait a minute, what if I give like an extra nice tip, you know, like, how does that feel? And then really start, you know, within your means, obviously, I'm not saying to tell anybody to do something that's not possible for you, but to just let it be more of an abundant thing and really trust in that energy and that sense. It's just so wonderful. Like, for me, I really noticed a huge shift, you know, when I started doing things more like that on that sense. You know, and just adding a little bit to the amazing things you just said, because of the scarcity mentality, we're conditioned to see what we don't have. We're conditioned to, to understand loss. This might sound a little woo-woo and oh, whatever, Chiyama, but let's just take a look at outside. The seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, they all have a purpose. And, and that's things regrow. You cut the grass, it grows again, right? At least in where I live, it's hay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like pollen and everything falling like everywhere, but it's to like, it's to create more, more flowers, create more food. And it, or usually in the fall season, there's the harvest, depending where you live, it's Thanksgiving or feast day. And it happens every year. So if there's scarcity, why do these things happen every year? Mm-hmm. So it's look outside as the constant regeneration, the constant growth, even look at your, your, the nails on your, everyone, most people should have nails. So you're always cutting your nails and it keeps growing back. So that's just evidence that we are abundant. So now it's just believing, right? Instead of thinking that we're always losing something, it's believing that money has to circulate. You pay, let's say a dollar somewhere from a good place, of course. So you pay a dollar from a good place, it'll come back to you. When you pay money, it returns. We need to think of it as like it's contributing, sharing our goodwill with others. You get it in return. Maybe not, you might not expect it in return, you know, but from the same source, but it'll come back to you from somewhere that you don't expect. So I have a question for you. If somebody is listening to this and, you know, they're something like that, they're in one of these professions that maybe there's already this sort of cloud and I know we know things are changing, but it's still there and they're thinking, okay, how do I value myself? Like, 
How does someone start like saying, okay, I need to really value myself, my time, and really believe, you know, that whatever it is that I need to charge for the hour, for my hour, for what I do, what I need to receive from the universe is what I need. And I'm just going to put that out there. And, you know, people who believe in me will resonate and they'll come work with me. But if somebody's like struggling to find like their value, their core values, do you have any, I guess, like tips for them or something like that? My question, and this will not sound like it's related to money, but it is, is why are you a yoga teacher? So Mm -hmm. lead with why. Start to get clear with that. You don't have to get perfectly clear with that, but start to get clear with that. And then to me, everything is a practice. So if you're uncomfortable declaring your your value as a teacher, like putting a price on a class, at least up front, like that's normal. And I would actually ask, like, why am I uncomfortable? Like, start to admit that to yourself and then practice practice setting a fee. And it doesn't have to be a high fee that someone else will, you know, so it doesn't have to be so high that it's uncomfortable for you, but just start, start small, get into the practice of, right? So that's leading with feeling. If you want to, and I hope I'm answering this question. Yes, this is great. (laughs) If you want to be scientific about it, and I think that a great journaling exercise is looking at your finances go in there, go look at your finances, get very clear, just start, start by observing your behaviors, right? Because your thoughts manifested into a physical reality that's being seen in your finances. Mm-hmm. So get very clear with what you're doing. With that said, I'd make a list. What do you want? Why are you teaching? How can you best serve them? Get clear on your values. And then see if those values and desires exist in your finances. You might be surprised that you're finding other people's values, other people's desires in your finances or what, what's not there. It's because of you're, you're hearing more of what other people are telling you to do. So this is really about getting quiet and getting clear of what's best for you. And let the thoughts run wild. I mean, don't sit in the discomfort too long trying to understand it and just keep practicing, keep taking little bits of action here and there, you know, be it declaring your worth. If a studio, for example, and I think sometimes studios get it really hard. Y'all studio owners have a lot that I'm going to give you a big hug. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. Easy. It's true. It's, it's a lot. Easy. It's a lot to handle. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much I want to say on that side too. I might say it soon, but let's just say if, if a studio owner, for example, was not willing to pay you what you declare, right? Then be okay with walking away because now you're giving that studio owner an opportunity to find that person that's best aligned for him or her. And you are giving yourself an opportunity to find whether it's the studio or to serve the, the student, you're giving yourself an opportunity to find someone or something that's better aligned for you. Yeah. And thank you for saying that because that's so huge, you know, like sounds so simple, but I really didn't get that for a really long time. Oh, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and then this brings me to this thing that Amanda even talked to you in the past. She was she was giving the example that I think somebody wanted to pay her fifteen dollars for a yoga class, and you know I say fifteen dollars. That's just it's a number, and everybody, like you said, you declare your your number, right? Like everybody's working with a different number, but let's just go with that. And so for her, it was fifteen. Like she was like, no, I don't want to teach a class for fifteen dollars, you know, and so. But she also brought up this thing about how uncomfortable it was to be able to negotiate. So I wanted to talk about negotiation because that, and I think it starts with what you just said. Like you said, I love that. Declare what you want and kind of, you know, become come up with a number. And then, and then let's say you are going into a space, whether it's a studio or an event or, you know, whatever. And somebody says, well, I really want you to be there, but this is what I'm offering you. And it's not, say it's not what you declare. And then a lot of people like can't even like negotiate, you know, because they get so, I've literally had this. I mean, let me just be quite honest. I've had this like 10 years ago, but still, you know, it was 10 years ago. It's like in my 30s like early 30s and that's like that's to me that's late to be having that I remember my whole body shaking you know like because I couldn't negotiate like how Mm -hmm. crazy is that it's not it's not not. (laughs) but it's (laughs) but to this day it's very uncomfortable but at least like I'm like oh okay I can find ways so like why is it that it's so hard for people to negotiate (laughs) chi Like, especially us, I feel like in other areas, it may not like they're negotiating all the time. But for us, it's like so hard, right? It's this whole concept of being like, you don't want to rock the boat. I call I was going to say yoga nice. Oh, yeah, that's another one. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're a yogi, you have to be so nice and so lovely and peace and love the whole time. And so. (laughs) With that, <laughs> yeah, with that, it's it means be a doormat as well. That's the underpinning. That's, you know, yeah. not take a stand for yourself because if you do, then you're a bad person and that's not yoga-like. We need to remove that. that and sometimes, and sometimes being nice, it isn't the equivalent of, you know, lovey-dovey all the time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can be very firm and teach the people around you lead by example and, you know, and that could be the best thing you could, you know, some of the teachers, some of the biggest lessons I've, some of the biggest lessons I've learned from some of my teachers, they were not necessarily the more like lovey-dovey ones. Like sometimes they came in a format or a form or a word or something that I felt maybe it was a little tough, rough in the moment, but I grew so much from it. Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I I actually appreciated those teachers because for me personally, I always knew I didn't have to question where they stood. You know, I didn't have to question whether or not they were telling the truth or being authentic. It was all, I always knew what I saw was what I got. And the whole being yoga nice and not, and not to take away from the negotiation piece, being yoga nice is not always being truthful. And it does land you in some very uncomfortable positions. So I always think it's good to be, yes, nice with love. So don't be fake, I guess is what I'm really trying yes. to say. It can be fake. Yes. And, and I don't think that's 
I, I personally don't think that's appropriate. I don't think anyone likes fake people. No, no, <laughs> just be authentic and speak your truth. And yeah, so the, this brings us back to the negotiation, I think, because I think it is important for teachers to say if, you know, if they're not comfortable with the fee or the studio owner says something, then just go back and forth and see see if it works for you. If you can come to a talk about it, you know, don't be afraid, talk about it. And if it doesn't work, or the event that you're going to work, and if it doesn't work, then like you said, be okay with parting ways. Yeah. Here's something that I'd like to get your advice on, because I just bringing from my, my corporate background, and I'm not saying because I'm corporate, (laughs) is this is more of just, I've had practice probably in ways that others haven't. One thing I knew that I had to do was really do my homework if I was going to ask for a raise or set my fee for a workshop, I really had to understand the problem and come with a solution to then justify the fee. And so I didn't know if for you, who was a former studio owner, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say it like that, who's a studio owner. No, I was a former studio. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't know if you would have appreciated that. I don't know if, if your teachers approached you in that manner. I would like to know your thoughts on that. Like to, I, to do what? To negotiate? When it comes to negotiating, like really come and say, don't just say I need a raise and then that's it. Come with like, I, I teach this many classes. This is how many, these are how many oh, students yeah. are my, in, in attendance. Well, yeah. I mean, I would have loved that as a studio owner. I would have loved like, you're ba- you know, if you're showing me all that and showing me your value and all of that, that'd be awesome. But a lot of times that's also not what you get. You know, a mm. lot of times like you just don't. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's almost like the money thing is kind of like a taboo. A lot of times, you know, and so like I would say 80 percent of the time. And so I've always felt like there was this wall, like a barrier between whether I was on the teacher side and, you know, the other side or the other or me on the studio owner side and the teacher, like almost like it's hard to get a read on both ends because you just don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> but, you know, it's not the smart way to do. I love this suggestion that you're saying. I, I think that's that's why we need to start. Yeah, talking about this and looking at it, you know, and being okay with this type of conversation. I really think the whole that talking about money, and that's why I'm I'm really honored that that you're hosting me, that we're having this dialogue. The topic of money should be normalized, so yes. then it's not about the money. We're comfortable talking about our playlists for teaching the class. Right. We're comfortable talking about yoga clothes. We should be comfortable enough to talk about money so that it's not a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and to clarify to, to everything that we've talked thus far, both you and I, and I've heard you say several times about talk about charity and all that. I mean, we're by all means not saying anything about being greedy or you know, not donating to the charity of your choice or doing where if you feel inclined to give whatever it is that your gifts are, whether you're a musician or a yoga teacher and you want to give it for free because you want to give it for free, you believe in a cause, you're whatever, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're, I mean, that's, of course, go do that, right? (laughs) 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's this is this is not it. We're just we're basically talking about really trying to. I think one of the things you said that I really really kind of took on today was like declaring your what did you say was a value or yeah value yeah. worth wow worth yeah and then freedom. Strength. Yeah, and then noticing who you are freedom, exactly, and noticing who you're surrounding yourself with, what words that they're using, is it scarcity or is it abundant, and how is your relationship with this as well, like when it comes up, you know, in your life, and even when you're in the other end, like I had somebody ask me that one time, one of my mentors, she said, months ago, when you were like, say, you know, when you're uh, going to an energy healer or whatever, how do, and, you know, they tell you their price, like, how do you feel? Like, how do you, you know, is there a reaction in your body? Do you feel weirded out? Do you, or do you feel like, yes, I'm going to support this person, you know? And that's like a huge shift. So, yeah, so it's, it's really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Uh, yeah. Boring. Yeah, I mean, supporting, I think, you know, the abundant mentality is really wanting to, so I'm at a point now that the people that I believe in, you know, that I work with, whether they're my teachers, or whatever people I go to, I want to support them. Like, yeah. I really want to support them. And if I can financially support them, even give them a little bit extra if that's, that's like, to me, that's like part of my thing right now, then I will, I will go the, and like, to the point that like, for example, if they have, like, if I, and I'm not saying, you know, be responsible, I'm saying be responsible. But if like the other day I had a teacher that I love, and I've been working with her for a really long time. And it's somebody who's brought a lot to my life. And she had an early bird price and, and just a regular price, right? And so, which like a lot of times, it's like, you don't have to have an early bird. The price is the price. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's just the price. But in the yoga community, there's this thing, how can I get it a little lower? You know, so then everybody has an early bird, which by the way, some of my friends that are doing this work, they're out of that. They're like, we don't do that anymore. It, it, this is just the price. You want it, you get it. You don't, you can't, you can't. You can want to apply for a scholarship. If we have a scholarship, you could, you know, that's a different thing. But anyways, I was like, no you know what, I had the money, you know, and I was like, actually, I don't want the, I'm not going to take the early bird. I want her to have it all. I want her to have the full price, you know, and it felt really good to do that. It was like, wow, this is great, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's the key. It felt, you said it felt good. That's what it needs to be. It has to feel, it feels good. It feels right. And it's, it's just, you expanded, you shared that abundance. I love that. It felt really good. That is key. That's to me like now fast forward. Yeah, I don't have the studio. I have a lot of online stuff. I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm, you know, entrepreneur with many different things that I'm doing and level. And a lot of it has changed and I've implemented a lot of new techniques and I'm more on the pace now that this is just what it is. Things have changed that that the the language is really completely different and and I'm I'm very happy, you know. And what that's doing, it's not only bringing more for me and more of the right clients as well and the right people that I work with, but I'm also showing up for people in my life as a better version of myself. Like I'm also giving back in much better ways and bigger ways. 
So it's all kind of coming together in a full circle, you know? That's fantastic. And that's why I want to teach this to people. And this is why I'm honored to have you here because I want everybody. There's no reason why, you know, everybody should be able to experience this beautiful life with abundance. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So now, Chi, what are you doing if somebody wants to work with you? I know you talked about some group stuff as well, which I would love. And I would love to, you know, know all about it and share. And what are you doing now if somebody's listening to this and they want to work with you? Or is it still one-on-one? In about two weeks, I will have a self-study program available. I thought about doing it live and then COVID hit. So I didn't want to just wait. I really want people to be able to get comfortable with money and not have it hold them back. And it's more than just money. It's about really like being okay with what you want and prioritizing you so that you can prioritize others. So the program is called Master Your Money. And it's just, it's just exactly that. And it's really a lot of self-reflection, essentially mindset combined with skill set. And I really hope that my intention is to bring some peace around around finances so you can enjoy this life so that'll be available in in about two weeks is that like in an online platform format is there some live streams with it what how does it work online platform for now Mm -hmm. and things are always evolving so really it's based on the feedback if there needs there'll always be some some master classes associated with it but it's primarily online so it's an online program primarily Okay, and that's going to be available soon. Yes, yes, soon. If you want to work with me, I also do work one-on-one as well. So the program I have available, I have two options, actually three, three, six, and nine months. And that's just, I do your, your bookkeeping because that helps me get to know you and your behaviors. It's financial coaching, really. And it's similar to Master Your Money, except I'm live with you. Similar, not the same. I'm live. It's personalized. And we work towards really making your financial life a lot easier so that you can understand how your money is supporting you and you identify areas in your business where you might need help or that's draining you. So it's a win-win. Pay down debt, all the things. It's it's really about just getting, again, it's not about the money. (laughs) It's more supporting you so that you keep more of your hard-earned money. I love it. That's great. And so how can we find you? What's the, what are the best places to go? My website is called The Mindful Bookkeeper. And actually, I have one of the modules available for Mastering Your Money. It's a self-inquiry. So you can check me out on my site. Oh, cool. I'm on social. I hang out on Instagram, Mindfully Chiyama. And then I'm also on my Facebook business page. I squawk on there. <laughs> squawk and <laughs> talk. Also, mindfully Chiyama. <laughs> and oh I might have God. some freebies available. I'll actually put something quick together so I can, so that, um, you know, because I, I believe sharing is, is good to share. So, Well, thank you so much. This was really awesome. Such a wonderful conversation. And I so appreciate what you're doing. And I so appreciate you coming on Life on Earth. So thank you so much. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for, <laughs> for having me here. I feel like I could talk about, there's so much more to talk about. So I know. Kind of a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to your course. I'm definitely going to be looking into it. Thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.